Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 19th of March, 2023. As the Flyers wrap up back-to-back games Friday and Saturday. Also, the third game of a three-game road trip. Last night, it was against the Carolina Hurricanes. And a game that, boy, you think you have a game in the balance. And then there's the penalty call with seven seconds left. You have a one-goal lead. One goal. And with seven seconds left, they make a penalty call. It's an offensive zone draw. The penalty is to Scott Lawton, who coincidentally is their top faceoff man. And the Carolina Hurricanes are able to get the game tied with 0.3 seconds left. 0.3 seconds. Right after Felix Sandstrom made a great save off the, right off the faceoff. But 0.3 seconds left. It's the Canes who get it tied. And then the Flyers really didn't even touch the puck in overtime. Sebastian Ajo made short work of it. 28 seconds in. Splits the Flyers. D goes in on Felix Sandstrom. And he completes his hat trick. And it's a Canes 5 and the Flyers 4. Shots in the game 34-33 in favor of Carolina. Faceoffs 36-31. 29-18 the hits. The Canes took four penalties in the game. Flyers only took one. Canes scored a power play goal when the Flyers did take a penalty. And the Flyers went 1-4 for four on the man advantage. The aforementioned Sebastian Ajo opened the scoring as 28th of the season. That was 14-52 into the first period. Then Brady Shea with a shot that uh, I think maybe Felix Sandstrom was screened on. He lost it somewhere on its way in. There was kind of players coming across and a bit of a layered screen, I'm not sure. Maybe it was deflected, I'm not even sure about that. Uh, But that put the Canes up 2-0. That's how we'd end the first period. But 4.56 into the second period, it was Tyson Forster. Picks up his first National Hockey League goal, and what a shot. He's coming down the right side, and he's got a player with him. He's optioning, looking, evaluating the situation as he's moving up the ice deeper and deeper into the Carolina zone to see if he's got the pass there for a quick cross-ice pass and one-time shot. Decides ultimately, if I do that, there's probably a little too much risk to that pass, so let's just fire it. And he fires an absolute beauty. It's what he was drafted on, his shot. And he goes and just goes about 12 inches off the ice, just above the right pad and just inside the post, to beat Freddie Anderson, and perfect shot. Morgan Frost and Brendan Lemieux picked up the assist, and that's the hardest shot for a goalie to deal with in a rush against because the goalie is constantly shuffling and constantly moving. And the reason why 12 inches off the ice on that side to that right pad, in this case, his blocker side, is difficult. With the glove, you can just move the glove down easily and get that puck. With the blocker, it's encumbered by the stick, and it makes it more difficult to come down on it And 12 inches is the right height off the ice because the pad is 11 inches high. And he beats it right over the pad. Perfect shot from Tyson Forster. He had a hell of a game. Sebastian Ajo then regave Carolina the two-goal lead at 13.55, his 29th of the season. And then Noah Cates on the power play. The Flyers uh, on the man advantage here. And he picks up the goal, picks up kind of the loose change from a Tyson Forster shot. And on that goal, Noah Cates gets the goal. Tyson Forster gets an assist, and Owen Tippett gets an assist. So we go to the third period, Flyers trailing 3-2 in the game. 3.33 into the third, Joel Farabee scored yesterday. We talked to him on yesterday's episode about getting that goal, needing that goal to kind of take the pressure off. He kind of downplayed that when I talked to him. Maybe he shouldn't have downplayed it because he goes in and picks up a real big goal for the Flyers here early in the third to tie the game at three. 
It's his 11th of the season, second in two days. Owen Tippett and Noah Cates pick up the assist. So Flyers now have come all the way back from the two-goal deficit, tied the game at three, and just a couple minutes later, it's Brendan Lemieux at 5.50 of the third period, his second. Morgan Frost picks up the assist. That puts the Flyers up 4-3. to three. But around the seven-minute mark of the third period, seven minutes to play, I think it was from the first period all the way until the seven-minute mark of the third period, Carolina had like seven shots on goal in that period of time. That was it. Then all of a sudden they exploded, had like 15 the remainder of the way. And like I said, they beat uh, Felix Sandstrom with 0.3 seconds left at 1959.7. Martin Natchez got the goal, his 27th of the season. It was a power play goal. And then in overtime, three on three, Sebastian Ajo. Flyers never possessed the puck in the overtime. Carolina brings it all the way back behind their net. They get it up to Ajo, and it's a one-man show. And I think we learned a lot from this game. And here's what I my biggest takeaways from that game are. My first point is kind of a takeaway of late, and certainly the Buffalo game on Friday and the Carolina game last night. The Flyers know they are not going to the playoffs. There's not even that conversation anymore of, well, we're not mathematically eliminated, so they are eliminated even though it's not mathematically eliminated. And they know that. The takeaway is this, that they are still going out and playing really hard. And while some say that's a fool's errand, that's not going to help them in the draft lottery, or that's not going to end up really mattering, when a team is trying to rebuild its culture and its standard, it does matter. And it is important that these guys are going out there and doing whatever it takes to try and win hockey games. Because in years past, recent years past, that wasn't the case. And that was a problem. It was a character flaw on the team. That's one thing I've taken away from the game Friday and the game Saturday. Next thing I take away. I look at the score sheet in this game. I see multiple point performances by several players. And the the reason I bring it up is because the players with the multi-point performances, this isn't anything against the older players. But these players, and I'll give them to you right now, Noah Cates, two points. Tyson Forster, two points. Morgan Frost, two points. Owen Tippett, two points. All those players are the young players on this team. They were the ones, when this team was down two goals, not once but twice, 2 nothing, and then 3-1, that led them back. And that has got to be what takes place. These young players have to start to take hold of the team, Take that initiative that when you're down, we can claw you back into it. We can claw the team back into it. And think about those players. Noah Cates. Joel Farabee, too, had a goal today and had a goal on Friday as well. These are the players that need to be the beginnings of a new core. There still needs to be high-end talent added and a good amount of it. But these are key pieces and core pieces going forward with Noah Cates, with Joel Farabee, with Tyson Forster, probably with Morgan Frost, and certainly, certainly with Owen Tippett. Once again in that game last night, he had shifts where he's getting the fans off their butt, out of their seat, because he's making something happen every time he's out there by using his legs. And when it comes to Owen Tippett, I'm trying everything I can, because this is a a season where the record is 25, 32, and 12, and I recognize that. And not to get too excited about what we've seen so far from Owen Tippett, and especially of late. 
but he looks like a real player. And I got to say, the player is starting to excite me. Not that I think he's going to be a superstar, because I don't believe that, but that he's going to be much better than I thought he was going to be, or much better than a lot of people thought he was going to be. He is turning into a very good player in the NHL, and that excites me. Need more of those guys. Need more guys with his speed and scoring ability. Need more high-end skill. Frankly, they need more skill, much more high-end than Owen Tippett. We'll see if that's Cutter Gauthier, whatever they get in the draft this year, how that plays out. But Owen Tippett has really been impressive. And then the last thing is this. My last takeaway from the game is Sebastian Ajo. Now, why is it Sebastian Ajo? Well, he obviously had a big part in the game. He had a hat trick. He had the game winner. He's a guy that was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round, 35th overall. He's not a top-of-the-draft player. He's a very good player that was developed properly and can be a game-breaker. Is he a game-breaker night in and night out? No, he's not. He's not that player. He's a top-end player. He's a really good player. I mean, you look at his numbers on the season, 60 games, well, 61 now, and he's got 58 points. 30 goals, 28 assists. Really good player. Not getting paid a ton of money. It's what that Carol. I talked about this the other day. It's what that Carolina team is. It's a sum of its parts team. But they do have a guy, like in overtime, like Sebastian Ajo, who can get the puck inside his blue line and just go down and get a goal. Go down, split the D, finish, score a goal. He took over that game. Three goals in that game. That was a team that was reeling a little bit. Since they beat the Flyers 1-0 and lost Shvechnikov, they lost three of their last four and got shut out in two of them and got embarrassed last night, or the night before, rather, in Toronto to the tune of a 5-2 loss. He grabbed that game and won it for Carolina. And that's the kind of players I want. That's the kind of way I think you should build a team because they're a complete team. And they, they lost Shvechnikov. But he's not like losing McDavid. You're not losing a guy with 45 goals and 128 points. You lost a guy with 55 points in 64 games. But if there's any team that's equipped to handle it, it's a team like Carolina because they're a sum of the parts team. Now, it's not ideal. And ultimately, I think Carolina's success or failure in the playoffs will likely come down to goaltending. But they're a team, a complete team. I look at some of the other teams, Toronto, Edmonton, some of those teams, I don't see them as complete teams. Toronto a little more so this year. They've done a lot better keeping the puck out of their net. But I don't believe in their goaltending either. But I look at Carolina and the way they're built, and I look at that as a blueprint on the way to build a team that is well-coached, disciplined, plays hard. I think that's a team that if Danny Breer is named the GM and has that interim tag removed, ought to look at. That's the kind of team. Look at some of these teams like Carolina, Boston, Tampa. Now, Tampa got a couple guys at the top of the draft. Obviously, Stamkos a number of years ago and Hedman. But why is Tampa great? Yeah, Stamkos and Hedman have a big part of that. They got a goalie that wasn't right at the top of the draft and Vasilevsky. But they got Braden Point in the third round. They got Nikita Kucherov in the second round. That's why they're a great team. All right, let's hear from the head coach, albeit brief, John Tortorella, meeting with the media after the game. The team overcame a pair of two-goal deficits, got the lead, and then gave it away at the end, I guess. How do you evaluate the highs and lows of this game? 
thought we played really well. I thought we had the game controlled, and uh, I don't know how to evaluate it right now. Out of your multi-point goal scorers, um, most of them were your 25 and unders. I guess is that a positive you look at for this organization? Encouraging stuff with the kids. How did you think they handled the uh, power play time? I know you mentioned it last night. Who? The younger players. Uh, I, it, the, the one power play we have most of the kids on it. Thought they did a good job. Was there anything that could have been done differently right there at the end? Uh, Not going to replay all that stuff right now. You guys can watch the video yourself. How did you think Chris the line and played on the power play? Didn't get much time. Can't evaluate him. All right, there you go. Head coach John Tortorella addressing the media after the game. Obviously, pretty brief exchange with the media. You could just tell Torch was wearing it on his face that he was just so bummed for the guys, for the players, because they played really well in that game, battled back, did everything they could, and to get scored on with .3 seconds left to take it to overtime and then lose it 28 seconds into overtime without possessing the puck, you could tell he was stung. And when he's in that mode, he's not going to say much. That's where Torts has probably learned from his past mistakes. He may have said something when he was uh, much younger in the NHL, but knowing that I'm way too emotional right now. But, man, what a game. I hate to lose it like that. You win 5-2 on Friday over Buffalo in pretty dominant fashion. Then you have that game, you battle back, and you got it in hand. Then you lose it like that. Ooh, that's a tough way to go down. But they'll be back on Tuesday when the homestand continues. It'll be game four against the Florida Panthers on Tuesday. So the fun will continue. But that's going to do it for this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll be back with a Monday edition along with, guess who? Bill Meltzer. He joins us every Monday. That'll be tomorrow. So join us then on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily. When we were young, the future was so bright.